Stolen Dress Sidecasts. Hey everybody, it's Jason Klom, proprietor of Stolen Dress Entertainment and the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Uh, what you're about to hear is uh, episode one. It was supposed to be a one-off. This is how we have been intending to do some of these sidecasts lately. It was supposed to be a one-off where my good friend Alan Rickard and I, we are the co-hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, uh, along with uh, Jen. Uh, but Alan and I realized we both love Lorenzo music. I proposed to him in the middle of an episode of Dispatches from Fort Awesome that we talk about Lorenzo music uh, for an episode of something. And he said, sure, why not? That would be fun. We agreed to do it. And um, as you're gonna hear here, we had intended to make this one long episode. However, there has to be a part two. Um, this would be unconscionably long. Um, in, in terms of making you listen to it, that would be unconscionable. So um, I'm gonna cut this into two separate episodes. Um, so this first episode is going to be the two of us discussing Lorenzo music and our love of his various works and some of the weird coincidences in his work. And um, then the next episode, which will follow up shortly, is going to be the two of us speaking with uh, Sam Music, one of his sons, one of Lorenzo Music's sons, as well as Henrietta Music, his wife uh, and comedy partner and uh, songwriting partner as well. So um, it's inevitably just going to be two episodes. Uh, I've got some other ones coming up, some other uh, sidecasts coming up that I think that's just going to have to be the same situation with. These things just end up having more in them than you expect, especially when people agree to do the show as the music's kindly did. So please enjoy the first episode of what we're calling Lorenzo and Frenzo. Hello, and welcome to Lorenzo and Frenzo. I'm your co-host, Jason Klom. With me is my co-host... I'm Alan Rickard. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the Bob Newhart theme song. The reason for that is we're talking... We've decided we're going to talk about Lorenzo music. <laughs> we decided in, at the end or, gonna... of, or in the middle of another podcast about the show News Radio that we are both interested enough in Lorenzo music to do a one-off podcast about Lorenzo Look. music. This is happening very similar to how the news radio podcast started, where we uh -huh. both had a similar interest, and mm -hmm. then it just took off. So, yes, Lorenzo music. Jason, go for it. All right, let's start <laughs> off with episode one of Garfield, and then we'll go... <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> There's so many thousands of things his voice and face were attached... Mostly voice were attached to. But, okay, let's give people a primer on who Lorenzo music was, because, uh, man, I mean, honestly, it's far enough... He, I mean, he only... He passed away, like, 19 years ago, but... yeah. It's enough that there's a new voice of Garfield and people don't really know exactly who he was. But you might know him best. I know him best growing up as the voice of Garfield on Garfield and Friends. I feel like I know there's a new Garfield, but I still feel yeah. like Lorenzo music. Everyone remembers him as. Garfield. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think I'd have to listen, but it's Frank Welker who does it now. And he's such a good impressionist. He's probably just doing a Lorenzo music impression. Sure. Um, and so I'm assuming I could be wrong. I'd have to listen. But yeah, Lorenzo music possibly best known. And the reason that became our theme song is uh, simply because he co-wrote it with his wife because he co-created the show the Bob Newhart Show, and he co-wrote the theme song entitled Home to Emily with his wife, Henrietta Music. So, um, yeah. She, it, I was reading a, uh, that News Tribune article or whatever from Duluth. It did, because that's where he met his wife at the yep. University of Minnesota Duluth. But he, it is nuts to me that they had a little comedy thing that they did for University of Minnesota Duluth Cafeteria. <laughs> and then... He, he they took what what they were doing there for mm -hmm. him to audition 
for the Smothers Brothers hour. And he, I guess he was so nervous. According to the article, he was like uh, so nervous and blacked out and couldn't think that she oh had to like basically dress him and push him on the stage. And then it went off like gangbusters. Like it was, a, it was, a, it was a hit. But wow, <laughs> that's really, really funny. I'm trying to pull up. I have my notes here, but I'm trying to pull up a couple other things here. Uh, but no, see, that's that's something that I didn't find anywhere. So apparently, only because so he was born in I think uh, Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken. But at eight moved yeah. to Duluth. And I don't know. I got why. I got five according to mine. His parents moved. Oh, he was five. Oh, because okay. his his dad was like a, a very like skilled mechanic and moved there to work on like the shipyards and all the mechanic stuff with that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, and then toward the end of his life, like he would still record stuff from Duluth, or or he would still record stuff, but it was from Duluth. Like he moved back. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. right. I don't know. I don't know. According well, to this article, but that was also before he passed. So this was like the mid 90s. So maybe okay. he went back. I don't know. Anyway. Interesting. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Please, please. Well, he also was a guy who I think he was so best, so well associated with the voice of, of Garfield. I even read a, a, I, okay, let's talk about, so my obsession begins there. And then when I start to discover classic TV, as I get older, he's the voice of Carlton, the dorm, your doorman on, Mm -hmm. uh, the Rhoda show, which is a spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore. He also, I don't think he co-created, but he definitely wrote on Rhoda. Um, cause I think he wrote on Mary Tyler Moore as well. Um, and I want to talk about that sort of spinoff, but I, I also want to talk about where you were you first familiar with him through the thing that you're going to talk about? Because you know more about it than I do. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to talk about it now? Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to so, be meandering and weird uh, because <laughs> it's unplanned. So as a kid, I was uh, uh, obsessed with Ghostbusters. And when the real Ghostbusters came out, uh, Lorenzo Music did the voice of Peter Venkman, which mm-hmm. also, you know, like, at kind of around the same time, he was doing Garfield. So, yeah. but I don't remember. I think real Ghostbusters might have been like, a year before the actual Garfield and Friends, but there were Garfield specials with his voice. But yeah. regardless, uh, I just thought, even though you know his voice is unmistakably Garfield, like his mm-hmm. essence and just how he would deliver lines, like I just thought he nailed the character of Peter Venkman with his voice. I because I, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, well, we, we can talk about the. Uh, supposed reason that uh, they switched uh, who was playing Peter Venkman, which is Dave Couillet later. Like, Dave Couillet, his voice sounded like Peter, uh, but he was a little too party animal Peter, where I really thought, like, Lorenzo <laughs> Music was slacker, yeah. very dry wit, very mm-hmm. low-key, and that's what Peter Venkman should be. Because that's what Bill Murray basically was. Although I realize so. today, <laughs> do they do they put Rick Moranis' character in the cartoon anywhere? Because they did later. This was okay. one of the Dave Kuya years. This was after okay. Ghostbusters 2. I ask only because uh, Lorenzo Music, I tried to do an impression of him. I'm like, I'm just doing Rick Moranis. It's just, it's Carlton, you're a doorman. Like, that's all. I mean, it's just sort of, there's that. There's like, He's not Canadian, but he is. Was, well, you know, here's the thing. That, he is from Minnesota. So there's a little, there's going to be a little Canadian in there because there's I, crossover. I heard, I, I, no, that was a pretty good Lorenzo music. That was Thank more you. Lorenzo than Rick Moranis. So. Sure, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'll take it. I can't even try. I'm just going to be low Oops. key like this, but I can't do anything else with it. I can't. But that's no, but that is it. Like it's very not monotone, but definitely like definitely like one sort of emotional note. And I think it is yeah. the right one to play for Peter Venkman if you're going to do a cartoon version. But it's weird because he. It's so weird how to put this because uh, I watched a couple episodes prior to this, and most part he's low key, but then there are parts where he'll get you know frightened or excited his voice will get louder but he's still definitely still that slacker yeah like, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like there was one uh, i just watched where the ghost was running from this entity or whatever that they couldn't stop and they're like we gotta you gotta run faster and he's like it peters behind he just goes uh i don't think i can run any faster and then he sees, he looks behind him and the thing's getting closer. He's like, oh, yes, I can. But he like got louder, but he was still like low key. It just cracks me up. Oh, shit. <laughs> Give me one second. We're sure. waiting for a delivery and I'm getting one second. I guess they're calling me one second. Oh, delivery. Don't worry, folks. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Sorry to keep you waiting, Alan. Uh, but g- give me one second. I lied. Sure. It's not. It's not a delivery. Uh, I'm not speaking to a delivery person. Um, I who I have on the other line right now is Sam Music, one of Lorenzo Music's kids. Uh, say hello, Sam. Hello. Who am I talking to? Uh, you won't hear him, but this is you're gonna you're gonna hear my. Uh, you won't hear him, but he's my co-host, Alan. Uh, so. Okay. I, hi, Alan. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, you can't hear me, but. <laughs> he asks. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, you can. Good. Good. Okay. Can? So, oh, beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so he's joining us for just a moment. What he's asked is if we can record again next Wednesday so yes. that we can also bring in Henrietta. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So, Sam, there we go. We got our confirmation on the air, and thank you for calling and checking with me. Oh, uh, yeah. It's my pleasure. All right. Talk to you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. I will actually ask her about if they, that rumor about Bill Murray saying that is true. I, uh-huh. I gotta ask because yeah, I it's will fair. Bring up like <laughs> that was my Peter Vake, but like there was. <laughs> there we go. So there's is she the surprise. She no, they they're both right now. At least they're both here. Uh, but oh we, wow, yeah yeah yeah. So it just happened to work out, and I spoke to him like the night you and I talked. <laughs> like I emailed three of their kids and they all got together that night and they're like hey um are you guys here about this podcast like yeah i think sam should do it because he, he he could help mom through it and so so they're gonna they're gonna hop on zoom next week with us now and i will oh, make sure to amazing. make it yeah so we can ask her all the good so this is going <laughs> it's fine that this is going to be a thing where like i don't know like if we don't know something happened then we can just write down ask her about it because yeah. there's so much there's so much i want to ask her about and specifically because I- you know they did they had a comedy team together yeah, I want to know because I can't find it online anywhere. I would actually, I would oh, I love to see if she has any video performances Same. anywhere to find because I would love. It sounds like it was. I heard the show didn't mm-hmm. go over so well, but it sounds like their thing that they did before, just their mm-hmm. live performances, were amazing. Yeah, well, it, it was it was an experiment. It was called well, it was called the Lorenzo Lorenzo and Henrietta Music Show. It was an experiment. The uh, MTM Mary Tyler Moore's companies first experiment with uh straight to syndication and it was a weird thing i think it's a weird thing to do a straight to syndication show that is a variety show that i think by nature are kind of while timeless also sort of sometimes definitely of the time and mm-hmm. of the day and there was like a contract where it was like yeah well all these if, if you have played it you now have the rights to play it for the next 10 years but a variety show in 10 years is going to age so fast oh, so people yeah. are like they're like well we're not we're not going to play it 
you know, if you're not going to give us more and, you know, the ratings weren't good enough, whatever. And again, we can talk to her about about that. But yeah, so there we go. We will be speaking with Sam and Henrietta Music next time. This is only supposed to be a, a one-off um, recording. I'm going to cut this all into probably one very long episode, Alan. <laughs> it's probably what's going to happen. That's fine. That's so fine. you and I, I are... Yes. I... I, I this you might have to cut this out too like how, like you just you just they you found their emails and uh-huh. so, uh, wow yeah and then they got right back to me and they're like hey i spoke to sam he's gonna give you a call so that never happens it's always like i don't know how to get a hold of these people uh I, well i mean here's the thing at this point i have I, I will give myself some credit i'm pretty good at this so you're, you are, no you're very good at this you're now the third person i've gotten to at least in some way surprise with a guest even though i didn't have her on the line i was like you know uh so there we go good i have a I just, solid I record just about freaked out when he said even his son was gonna be i'm like uh i should have prepared questions what the- right yeah i know i know i know and that was the other thing is like i i did i mean i kind of wanted to sideswipe you a little bit and just be like let's see how alan reacts <laughs> but i will tell you those surprises I've had very good conversations from those kind of surprises. <clears throat> yeah. be, you would be shocked as uh, how good, you know, adrenaline will make your questions. I can't talk right now. Oh, my it's God, right. I'm so dry. Right. Alan, say something. Oh, God. Well, I was uh, 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 just going back to Lorenzo Music and just his history of being Carl the, Do- Carl, excuse me, Carl the, Do- the Doorman. I'm surprised News Radio never used him as a doorman at some oh point. Oh, my God. Like, you know, and other voice. shows did. Another Drew Carey used him briefly as the announcer right uh, the, yeah the as, as something yeah oh is that who, what you're right yeah. that's right thank you okay I, I knew he was on there somewhere uh yeah he it just feels like it's the kind of meta thing that they would <laughs> have used at least once just uh, just a one-off like uh, uh like if jimmy james had a <laughs> a very rich outhouse and he would mm-hmm. have a doorman before you had to get into the outhouse i don't know <laughs> <laughs> We're running dangerously close into this becoming another episode. Of I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine, <laughs> Alan. It's good. This is a weird show that makes no sense. So Alan and I are both children of the, the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s. Uh, we're roughly-ish the same age. Not to insult you, Alan. You're only you're a few years younger than I am. But still, still. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about the Smothers Brothers thing until I read about it. I didn't know he worked for the friggin' Smothers Brothers, the most influential sketch comedy show, at least of that era. Um. Yeah. So. So you read that? Uh, I read he had he so he auditioned uh, for it when his wife, you know, helped him out, got him on stage, and he yeah. was a hit. Supposedly, was it? No, it was. I'll have, to, I'll have to double check the article, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Smithers Brothers Hour yet. But after uh-huh. whatever he auditioned for on that show, he mm-hmm. got a call years later from the Smothers Brothers. Looking oh. for writers, and they liked what he did on the show, so they called him to ask. And Interesting. he was like, "I'm not a professional writer," and they were just like, "We, we found on shows like this, you don't need a professional writer. You just need, you know." So, <laughs> oh my God, you're now making me realize I know somebody who's written with him who isn't his wife. I need. To make I just, I just realized it didn't click with me till like a couple hours. I mm-hmm. worked with somebody who used to write on Smothers Brothers. Uh, Holy shit! Who? 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 There, he wrote a play. It was it called wasn't God. Mason Williams, was it? No, it was okay. uh, Saul Ilse. He, 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 hold on. I was on a play that he did called uh, God the Early Years, which uh, uh-huh. it was pretty, it was basically an interview with God. It was very, it was very Smothers Brothers like, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he would like kind of go over the history and like mistakes that happen and the reason things are the way they are. Amazing. But, uh, 
Regardless, I remember him. Uh, he kept it, but we had this play, this like forty minute play. He kept <laughs> like rewriting beforehand, and I'm like, kind of somebody, one of the producers had to tell him, like, this, this is, is not a, a play. Sitcom. We don't have like teleprompter, so if we keep rewriting it, it's gonna be hard for the actors. Because I remember being like, um, um, unless we're gonna improv this, I don't, I don't. Uh, this is this is gonna get very tricky. But oh my god! But again, he's a brilliant guy, That's very so very sweet man. But I was. <laughs> Can we, uh, when things return to normal, can we stage a show that is ostensibly a play, but then the sitcom writer, who is also the writer of the play and director character, comes up from the audience like, okay, that, that was good, you got a good laugh, but let's try this. We're, like, We're in the middle of a play. We can't, I want that to be a whole show. I don't know if that can sustain an entire show, but I love this idea of everyone. That's amazing that in his brain, there's just, no, I can keep rewriting. That is when you know they're a writer and not necessarily an actor ever. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> so, so funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I realize that I've been communicating with somebody who wrote in the Smothers Brothers, a few people probably, who I should probably... I've invited, I will say, for those who obviously have, I've reached out to Lorenzo's family, but also to people who have worked with him. I haven't gotten any responses yet. Uh, I got one or two, and they're like, well, we didn't work together that closely, so I don't want to ruin your show by having nothing to say. And it's like, you want to say, like, have you met me? Because uh, I have zero to say, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, so we'll try. We'll, we will keep our... The thing is, whenever I'm like, oh, let's do a one-off podcast, it ends up being something that becomes much, much more than of that. Um, okay, so he worked on the Smothers Brothers, which I'm now realizing, I think I've seen clips of him in it, because it was a, a bald, bearded dude with that voice, and I just yeah. never put the two together. It's, 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 hard, it's hard to find clips of that now, too, online, mm -hmm. but... I'm uh, thinking, so there's a really great documentary called Smothered. Have you seen Smothered, the documentary? No, I shouldn't oh, see Smothered. Oh, it's so, so, so good. Um, not Smothered Pork Chops, Google. Stop it. Um, sorry, that's the first thing Are that pops up. Are you Googling right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling Smothered, uh, the censorship struggles of the Smothers Brothers. There's also a book about it, um, but it's a very good documentary. Um, standard definition, so people don't freak out. It's not HD, uh, but it's from like 15 years ago, and it's just all about how they were legitimate, not just challenging the norms and not just shaking it up at CBS, but how literally things were coming down from the White House to tell them to fucking stop and to try and cancel this mother. That's how powerful this sketch comedy show was. And these are the kind of things that it's it's so we're it's we have a benefit that Henrietta was there before the Smothers Brothers because she can talk about right. probably how scary it was to know that her husband was working on a show or how cool it was to know that he was working on a show that had that kind of crazy attention. Um, but yeah, it's worth it. Uh, you guys should check out Smothered. It's a very good documentary. Um, I'm sure you can stream it. It's, it's on. It's on Amazon. Also, Smothered pork chops are probably very good. So um, that's just another <laughs> thing. Just yum yum. Smothered pork chops. <laughs> oh my God, the DVD is forty three dollars. Sorry guys, never mind. Uh, listen. Uh, yeah. So try and find it streaming. I think it's on YouTube. I think it is on YouTube. Now that I say that. <clears throat> um, well, so it better be. Otherwise, you're gonna have some angry people. Well, let's talk about our, our love of Lorenzo music. I don't know why it sparked in the middle of this other recording. We were, I think it was just we were just talking about something, probably the real Ghostbusters. Let's be probably. honest. You probably brought up the real Ghostbusters. And you're like, you know, I could do a whole podcast on Lorenzo music. I'm like, not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> I so, think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think it's exactly right. Tell me about your, your love of Lorenzo music and where it starts. And maybe your love of Ghostbusters, because that'll get us into the, the emotional yeah. part of this, Alan. Very emotional for you. Feel free to cry. Ah, and, I can, and I can go. cry. And go. Well, 
Yeah, big big thing. I did love watching uh, uh, Garfield and Friends also mm-hmm. as a kid, and then uh, Gummy Bears because he was Tummy and Gummy yeah, Bears. Yeah, that's right. Okay, very similar lazy character to Garfield, but way dumber. <laughs> uh, but like Ghostbusters wise, it just watching uh, Bill Murray obviously in the movie big influence. But uh, when you're a kid, there's a lot more content of the cartoon, and some of those. At least the episodes Lorenzo Music was in, like some of them actually were, when I watch now, I'm like, I don't know how this is a kid's cartoon. Some of it got very creepy. Like the humor, it's very cute, very funny. But some of the bad guys and like monsters, you're like, uh, this is like, there was one that was about where they were in the subway and these guys were working in the subway and it opened like the gates to, they didn't say gates to hell, but it was pretty much the gates to hell Uh and it was infecting the city and they had to go in and stop it. You're just like, uh. Isn't that the plot of the Ghostbusters remake with with the ladies in it? Roughly? That's kind of roughly the plot of that movie, right? That they kind of, and they go into the subway at some point. Yeah, I have to say this one was, well, not really because that, 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 the that movie it was just oh. that guy oh right he was opening he's opening like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, portals okay. to make you know mm-hmm. ghosts or whatever come through fair, but uh fair enough uh, jason i need to send you need to watch some of these episodes but, i'm going uh, to have to that is the one thing i didn't get to do was rewatch that i have been watching it, just by instinct watching the bob newhart show lately so that's got me i gotta rewatch you know, a lot of that such but, a good show but it's like when I, when, if you look at how it, it's written, some of these lines that he would deliver, mm-hmm. and I think this is why it caught me as a kid, like uh, there's an episode of film, The Sandman, who was putting the entire New York to sleep and their nightmares would come true and attack Ugh. everybody. But regardless, there was a thing where he got, Winston like had to try to zap Sandman and he disappeared before he had a chance and... Peter, just again, dry, very low tone that Lorenzo does, just goes, nice going, Winston. Next time he comes, he'll have to, before he hits us next time, he'll have to see his tailor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just because of how you delivered it, I laughed. Mm-hmm. On the page, yeah. it might not have been that funny. Sure. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, that is also, it's the same skill Bill Murray has. I mean, yes. let's be honest. You know, same, same, same skill. Who did the voice of Winston on that show? Arsenio Hall. Until like the last wow. fifteen episodes, they switched him out too, and I'm not sure what happened. Things that make you go, hmm. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, <laughs> I did not realize that at all. That's remarkable. Okay, oh, actually, you uh, know, I think you've told me that before. Now that I say that out loud, but one of the uh, uh, writers, uh, at least on a featurette, was saying that Peter on that show was so fun to write for because he could say whatever he wanted, and the way Lorenzo would deliver the lines, you wouldn't hate him for it because he was so funny how he would say it. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is deep enough. I I am guessing Lorenzo Music did not plan for a voiceover career. Uh, again, these are all things we'll get to confirm when we speak with his wife. But they, they, there's just, he, he, he I love that well, he gets hired on the Smothers Brothers by, <laughs> while also saying, well, oh, I'm not a comedy writer. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. Well, even, uh, even, because he was just on the, again, what the article I read, he was on a, the table read for, uh, uh, Rhoda just sitting in for Carlton the doorman <laughs> and just how he just like nailed it and everybody was like laughing and they, they couldn't find anybody they couldn't find the right person who was auditioning and it, apparently it was Mary Tyler Moore that was just like just have Lorenzo do it that's so good so- <laughs> honestly and she creates a friggin phenomenon at this point we, we need to point out 
Carlton the Doorman is this... I mean, this is a time when you could do this kind of shit on sitcoms, too. Take these weird chances. You never see Carlton. You only hear his voice through the buzzer. And he's, he is, at least later on, the canon is that he's quite clearly at least drunk, if not incredibly stoned. And that mm-hmm. explains why he speaks this way. Um, but it's, it's Carlton, your doorman. And that's 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 the gag. The gag is that you never see him and that that's how he talks and that he's probably, probably bad at his job. And it, it, it's so nuts that that works so well because yeah. when you think multicam, you think, mm-hmm. you know, higher stakes, higher energy. And I guess sure. he's very low key. I guess mm-hmm. it's still high stakes for him what's going on. But right. it's just the essence in a multicam sitcom. You're like, what? How is this? <laughs> this is working. But why is it working? And <laughs> he's big enough to get what I think is the ultimate symbol of like, you know, nowadays, if something is popular, it catches on on the Internet for five minutes and then it is it trends on Twitter and it's gone to, yes. to generalize, to roughly generalize for him. Stuff that, that now exists that is, you know, I, I for those who don't know, I'm a big fan of vinyl comedy. He released a 45. I cannot find the B-side, but have you heard the, the A-side entitled Who Is It, Alan? I have not. You have not. Okay, well, no, let me pull it up because, so again, this is a 45 starring, and I, need, I don't know who wrote it. I don't have enough information uh, about it, but it is, you know, credited to Carlton the Doorman. And it is a theme. It is it was it is his theme song, although it doesn't end up being the theme song to the cartoon, uh, the cartoon sitcom that we could talk about later. Um, but here, here, let's hopefully this doesn't deafen anybody. Here we go. Who is it? Who is it? Who, whatever he can? Who is it? Who is it? Hello, this is Carlton, your doorman. A day in the life of a doorman isn't quite what it appears. I look at the job of a doorman as a very demanding career. In the first place, I'm the protector. I stand at my post wide awake. No strangers can enter when I'm keeping watch, but they can when I go on my break. Who is it? You get a real sense of how incredibly drunk he's supposed to be in that. Just, I'm, I'm the protector. Like, he's he's very, very drunk. And, uh, I mean, there. I don't know. It, it could just I, be... I don't think it's pure nostalgia. There's something about his voice that is... No one's ever sounded like that. I, I want Carlton Doorman to get in... To, to threaten somebody in a fight. Just to be like... <laughs> Okay, we'll 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 tangle, but you know you're gonna walk away with the uh, broken bones and maybe a cut on your face. <laughs> there's somebody else though, and again, maybe it's just I'm hearing Rick Moranis, but there's somebody else who it's who his voice is reminding me of, who either he influenced or just happened to be there at the same time. And I won't come up with it, and that's not gonna help anybody, and that makes boring podcasts. I'm just saying, I can't think. <laughs> Of who it is, but there you go. That was that was his novelty single, um, and the B side. I'll have to find. I the, the record's a little on the pricey side. I will say that. So I've I've tried to find it. At some point, I will probably pick it up because that is just who I am. So you um, found one with a good side and not a not not. Well, that was on the YouTube. You can get that on YouTube. But again, the B side not available anyway. Anyway, anywhere. Uh, it is entitled anyway, The know. Girl in 510, which I don't know if that's Rhoda's apartment. I don't know if it's a song about Rhoda. I'm, I'm not 
I'm not 100% certain. Was that Rhoda's? I don't even know. I, I, don't I know. didn't watch. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm not as familiar with Rhoda as I, I was more familiar with Mary Teller Moore. Sure. Sure, sure. But sure. she was on. But, right. Right, right, right. But yeah. I am very familiar with Carlton the Doorman. Of course, as you, as, as you should be. I'm looking at, he's, uh, these are all things that I could discuss on a separate podcast, but he does have enough of a disco- discography. He's on a few very interesting things that uh, are worth talking about at some point in mm-hmm. it. There is a record, I have it, uh, it's called Here Comes Garfield. I have it somewhere. I found it the other day. I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know, it's Lou Rawls is titled as the main person, so I don't know if he just composed it. I haven't listened. Oh, you know what? There's dialogue on here. So his his voice is on there. I'm going to have to pull it up. Okay, well, that'll be for the next episode. What I'll do is I'll rip that record so we can listen to it so that we have the full Lorenzo music experience. Yeah. Lorenzo and Frenzo, everybody. Shit. That's the name of this show. Just thought I'd remind you. Hope you Shit. all love the name as much as I do. I'm going to keep interrupting Alan so he can't get his thought out. Alan? Jay, no. What was what was your big thing? Like, what was the thing you were obsessed with with Lorenzo? Like, what? It had to have been Garfield and Friends. Like, it was yeah. one of the... I, as a kid, I was super obsessed with anything that... Well, I didn't know this, but I was obsessed with a million things that were heavily influenced by the Marx Brothers and stuff. And then eventually I would discover those are the roots of it and become obsessed with and in love with the Marx Brothers. Oh, uh, so to good. the point I really got angry recently. I shouldn't get angry. I don't get angry. It's fine when somebody's like, I just watched Duck Soup. Not the best. And I'm like, it's one of the best war satires of all time, but that's fine. I could be an old That's man. That's, well, no, that's crazy because I'll, I'll, you know, people might kill me for this, but, you uh-huh. know, I go back and watch some Chaplin stuff. And because sure. some of, well, Dictator, Dictator is still like a, mm-hmm. a, a great Dictator. It's a great Dictator? The yeah, Great whatever. Dictator, yeah. Still still holds up, still fantastic. But, you know, you mm-hmm. watch some of his old silent stuff. It's like great and he's mm-hmm. great at the physical comedy. But then, you know, his stuff has been so overused mm-hmm. and, and redone and rehashed mm-hmm. that, you know, you're familiar with everything he does. Yep. By this point, when you go back to watch that, I don't get that from Marx Brothers. I'll see influence, but I always, you know, anytime I can hear Groucho throw out one of his one-liners, I'm like, okay, I'm happy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's absolutely the same. And I think it's a low-end version and maybe had even more in common with the Three Stooges, which wasn't necessarily my thing. But Garfield and Mm -hmm. Friends had this slapstick and sketch comedy aesthetic to it, and it was weird. It wasn't even really very Garfield. It wasn't at all like the comic strip. I almost feel like the comic strip became like the cartoon. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Am I wrong? I'm, I know. I think you're probably right. I mean, and maybe I, it's. It might also just be because uh, after watching the cartoon, then you read the comic strip. I'm hearing you, Lorenzo's you music in his, my voice. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Do you did you grow up in a household that had the the long uh, compendiums of Garfield comics like volume? I had a yeah. I actually had a uh, a pretty thick booklet of them as a kid. Mm-hmm. Where it was just kind of random stuff like <laughs> yeah my parents had volumes one through eight and i'm now thinking why why did they they're grown adults why did they need compendiums of comic strips about this for, dumb cat? it was for you it was for you no there's no way they owned them before i came along one of them did what a weird punch bunch of people my parents are why and so yeah you, you he's inescapable garfield and then a cartoon comes out that is just manic and has so many very good voices on it. Lots of different characterizations. Um, and uh, Lorenzo Music. He he started, I, I think his first appearance as Garfield is 1982. Because they were doing cartoon specials. 
They did it. Um, yeah, they did a short or something mm-hmm. like that with him, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, and then they no, no, it's fine. And then they did like yearly or se- every few years they did a new special. Then they're like, "Fuck it, let's do a cartoon." And the cartoon the cartoon show took off and became and that was it. I was obsessed with it. And then eventually, my mom was probably like, "Hey, you know, he's a voice on this. You know, he did this." I'm like, "What? He did other things? What yeah. a what a cool thing!" And uh, he's inescapably Lorenzo music, but I. I disagree with one report I read in Variety where somebody was like, they were actually arguing that it was a good thing he was replaced on the real Ghostbusters because he can only do, you can only think of Garfield. And I, I disagree, strongly Again, disagree with this. I, I, I'm just, this is just me, but I just think his essence mm-hmm. is that more than who replaced him. But it, I don't want to, Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not. I don't, I don't want to make fun of uh, Dave Coulier or anything like that. I just sure. feel like Dave Coulier might have been putting something on, whereas Lorenzo Music was just that. Guys, welcome to Hot and Coulier. This is our <laughs> takes on Dave Coulier's career. We've got pro, we've got con. I'm con, definitely, strongly con. <laughs> no, I'm not strongly con, Dave Coulier. No, I, I look, Dave Coulier's ta- talented. I just, as a child, even like when he, Lorenzo, I remember when Lorenzo Music got replaced uh, on that mm-hmm. first episode just watching, I was like, well, this isn't this isn't right. This doesn't seem right to me. What is right. happening? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it is a weird. It's one of those weird shifts when you're a kid. They they think I wasn't gonna notice. I'm gonna notice. I'm well, also like, pays attention to this shit. The execs are like, yeah. The, the whole thing, the whole shift was they wanted something that geared more toward kids. Mm-hmm. But you have a hit show, so why are you trying to change what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We're gonna keep going back to the real Ghostbusters. I, I this so is much. just I'm sorry. I'm, no, it's problem okay. is I can't I can't uh, without paying for it. I can't see finally like Garfield and Friends to watch for free anymore. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering where where is it? Where can you watch it? We might as well tell people where they can watch it because Bob Newhart is on Hulu. So is Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, Garfield and Friends used to be a, was on Hulu about four years ago, and then okay. it just, it's not on there. It anymore. go away. You probably have to pay for it on Amazon or okay. something. Okay. All right. You know, I'm gonna have to. I, I'm gonna have to look up though. I want to hear Frank Welker's take on on Garfield, and um, I'll be honest about it because you know why Frank Welker doesn't do podcasts or any kind of interviews, so he won't care. He won't come back at me. I'm not gonna get hit with a. Does he not? Gonna, no, he does not. I've tried for ten years to get him on a podcast, and he doesn't even do his own friends' podcasts. Um, so it was fruitless to try, but I tried anyway. Um, uh, he just doesn't. He might just be nervous in interviews. I get that. Maybe, but. Who wouldn't want to speak with the guy who's been voicing Freddy since Freddy was invented? Literally 50 years ago, more than 50 years ago now. So 40, no, 40. Yeah, 50. No, it's 50 years. Um, and, he, and still sounds like that. How is he in his 70s or 80s and he's still, anyway. Frank Welker's great. Um, this is the problem, guys. If, if you're not familiar with our format, this is what it is. We can't stop. We're off mean? the rails. Consistent. We have about? a we have a third co-host on our other podcast, and she keeps us on the rails. She's not here for this. We don't have one. Next week is going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's we're both going to have to just keep our, our traps shut while we let Henrietta Music tell us the whole story of her life with Lorenzo Music. I think that's what's going to no. end up happening. Um, we can ask no. a few questions. Um, I'm, uh, okay, so I'm looking into my my notes. Yeah, see, there are a lot of these little notes that I had prepared with the idea of asking her about them because I knew it was coming up because I'm a dick. I said, uh, did you see also that he did a voice on Rugrats uh, as Dr. Hartley? That was the I, name. I did. I was... Which is Bob Newhart's character's name on the Bob Newhart show. Oh, yeah. That didn't even put two and two together. Yeah, isn't that funny? 
Uh, I should actually ask the creator. I do know the creator of Rugrats. I could ask him uh, about that. Now that I think about it, I'll ask the creator of Rugrats. Okay. Well, why don't you? Why do you think about that? And uh, can we give him a call right now? Yeah, do you mind? Um, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, um, you're looking something up. What are you looking? I am looking. Specific? I'm totally looking something up. Keep, keep, keep. keep no, that's keep fine. Uh, well, I, so what I did in terms of digging, you did different digging than I did, which is great. I'm glad we had different instincts. Well, I I'm went, just. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just baffled by the fact you know. We're talking about Frank Welker, we can't get him on, but I just want to know if it's weird that you acted with this guy mm-hmm. on a cartoon show and then mm-hmm. you did his did his voice. voice. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, it's got to be strange. It's got to be strange. Although I just wonder if he'd even remember it because Frank Welker's done more voices than probably anybody in history. If I'm not mistaken, he's the voice he's of uh, still. I think does more voices than anyone now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he's still—is he not still the voice of Optimus Prime? Am I am I misremembering? It? I he's, think he is. Like it was to the point where they were going to replace him in the Transformers movie, and I think people gave Michael Bay so much shit that he was like, "All right, fine, I'll bring back Frank Welker, but I'm still making the Ninja Turtles aliens." Um, <laughs> fucking weirdo, Michael Bay. You guys want to hear a good Michael Bay story? Listen to my podcast, The Professional Blur. Uh, my good friend um, uh, Matt Sachs talks about. Um, well, I didn't a, listen to that one yet. What is a dick he? Michael Bay is. Yeah. I mean, he's notoriously a dick. Anyway, guys, this is not the Michael Bay cast. I apologize. This is so Boy, I when Michael up. Bay listens to this podcast, Jason, he's mm-hmm. going to be like, I'm going to destroy both of you. I mean, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> be kind of funny. And then we start coming out of the podcast, Destroyed by Michael Bay. Oh, yeah. Podcast. Oh, my God. That's a great show. Okay, that should be our goal now. Uh, yeah, so I went through these different uh, – I searched variety, uh, like the variety archives through my local library. And <laughs> just to – what? You can do that. You can search, search variety through your local library. What do you? What? What is so funny, Alan? Don't be going to a library during COVID. I didn't physically go to the library. I'm not going anywhere. I did it th- via my local library because they give you all these things. I think you can also get free uh, Ancestry.com now because uh, they're not open. Um, and oh. you can only get it in the library. Hey, guys. Welcome to <laughs> the Library Sciences cast. Um, what is this podcast about again? I think it's about Lorenzo music. Um, and I apologize, guys. What what they're probably going to do is like fast forward halfway through and be like, okay, here's where they finally came. They, they came back, you. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a lot of digging into the, like, here's the thing. When you look through variety, first of all, you have to deal with their very weird language. Like, they're, they're fake words that they've made up for things in entertainment. Uh, but then you also kind of get, like, like uh, heavy deep dives and and digs into the specifics of production, where they're like, "Hey, this this was sold to this many stations," and it's like I, that means nothing to me. It means very little to me. I just want to know more. But there are a few things that I definitely want to ask. Uh, you know what? I, I can bring them up to you. There, I found one Variety article that said that Lorenzo. And again, I don't know if this is. It's not a typo, but it it doesn't exist anywhere else. That Lorenzo Music was in a pilot with Rita Moreno. And I want to know what this pilot was and why, like, I also want to know what his position was as a star. This is something we don't have any perspective on. Like, he's a guy who's a voice. Then he's the voice of Garfield. But he's not even the voice of Garfield yet when this pilot comes out. Like, he's, they're trying to make him a star. He's trying, he's obviously probably, like, got a package together and he's, like, trying to make himself a TV star because he's a performer. I get that. But I want to know, like... I want to know what that whole experience was like. I want to know what this show was with Rita Moreno. Uh, oh my goodness! That, and I, I, I hope did it never did it that. never launch? Did it never go? No, I only I saw only one mention of it, and it didn't even say the title of it. 
it just said a pilot starring Lorenzo Music and Rita Moreno, and it kind of kind of blew my mind. God, um, if they were a married yeah. couple on that, that would be like the yeah. perfect dynamic. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Those two energies. Off at him, and then he's just like, yeah, whatever. Those two energies. <laughs> Uh, holy cow. Also now makes me think, I guess I could just try and get Rita Moreno. What if I got, I will not, I will also, if I get Rita Moreno, I'm not telling you. These are, these are the things that are happening. If I could somehow get Rita Moreno on the podcast, she'll be like, you don't want to interview me about West Side Story? You don't want to interview me about the sitcom that I very recently I can ask her about that one because I I worked on it for a little bit. You did? Well, at Pop, uh, the Pop TV when they showed it on there, I was, uh... I, it went through me before we broadcast it because I had uh-huh. to reformat it and change uh-huh. things. I never took anything of her out. Oh, okay. Because she That's was good. brilliant. Did you ever have to do anything with Shit's Creek? Did you ever have to chop it up? One time, but like for these shows, like you didn't really chop it much. You might censor or just, uh, uh-huh. you know, take frames out just to get to time but you never took anything taking frames out that's so weird and it got to that point because i'm like i'm not you're not touching these gags that's right 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 right. (laughs) wow that's so interesting that's i mean you know that's why they leave extra space at the end to breathe on some scenes i guess um hi guys welcome to the editing podcast the recutting Alan and I do a lot of things. We are what we call (laughs) multi-hyphenates. Alan's a very successful actor, but he also edits. Um, Here's here's one I found. Not successful during COVID, I'll tell you that. Oh, well, (laughs) I mean, it's a little on the difficult side. Um, Honestly, can I tell you, when I listen to podcasts about people who are just oh so casually talking about, yeah, just uh, just did a job and uh, they're taking all the precautions, like... They're not taking all the precautions. Do you know why? Because they're actually shooting right now. The ultimate (laughs) precaution would be take the hit which sucks I, it it's, sucks i, I don't want considered an essential service now apparently uh, huh <laughs> here's the thing i grew up thinking that the arts were essential but you they, know, i mean they, they, they are in a certain way but they are essential. risk people's lives that that's my that's for. my big thing like it's not they're not giving me now now if I, I do get to go to a sitcom set and somebody's serving me food rita moreno's for instance giving me like the stuff i've just ordered that'd be super cool i wouldn't risk covid for it but i can see how that would be essential I will. I will say this. I do know some. Again, this is going off topic. What we're doing, but I will. I know somebody who works as a a health safety manager for COVID on mm-hmm. a big set. I'm not going to say what set because I don't want to get him in trouble. But sure. Uh, apparently, it has been as safe as possible. They have mm-hmm. everybody tested three times a week. Nobody's yep. tested positive. So that's hey, good. Something's happened. Like, <laughs> is it the Ed Helm? It's show? also no, no. Okay. It's very, it's very expensive to do that. Though. I really thought I could corner you into answering it on accident. <laughs> nope. Damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna read you. I'm it's the new Rita Romero show. Oh, okay. I'm gonna read you something. I don't even know what I'm gonna be reading. So, and I, I, we got to see if we can find this. <clears throat> this is, uh, I believe this is in, is this in Variety or is this in, uh, oh, Entertainment, what is the name? I'm not sure. It's an entertainment magazine. I can tell you that. <clears throat> Wolin edits Orangutan campaign for South Carolina Federal Bank. Orangutan, a 30-second spot edited by Woolen Production Services Editing, it's the editing podcast, has received the British Design and Art Direction Awards Silver Pencil. The spot also won a Clio and a Golden Lion at Cannes. Created by Hutchison Schutz, Atlanta, the 30-second spot is a part of a 10-spot campaign created for South Carolina Federal. I'm going to move down a little bit because uh, <clears throat> narrator Lorenzo Music, known also as the voice of Garfield the Cat, asks... 
Getting anywhere with your bank lately? He pauses for a moment as the hamster runs while gaining no ground, then responds, Oh, I see. The spot finishes with the bank's logo and the voiceover tag. Well, if we were you, we'd bank with us. Other spots feature other animals, including a dog, ostrich, mouse, shark, turtle, and seal. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if it exists, but I just gave you the full experience. I just gave you guys the full experience. Your, your Lorenzo impression is uh -huh. getting better and better every oh, time thank you. you do it. Like, thank that you. Was, that it. was almost dead on. <laughs> that was really good. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to do it in front of his family and uh, really embarrass myself, so I'm going to try my best to hold back, but... Thank oh, you. you. I'll it. take it. I'll it. take it. Probably find it flattering. I mean, we have a podcast about that. Know. Is I? I mean, but what if it's just the most insulting thing? She's like, you know, that was my husband. You asshole. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, do it right. Um, I somehow doubt that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, how, how far away did you grow up from Duluth? Is it anywhere near where you grew up? Uh it was about four, four, four to five hour drive okay. north. Okay, but. My dad had some hunting land about a half hour drive north of Duluth, so mm -hmm. I would usually go up there once or twice a year. What if you texted him? You're like, "We're doing this podcast about Lorenzo Music." He's like, "Oh, my old hunting buddy." <laughs> hey, it's a buck. Oh, bam. Um. <laughs> no, he would text me. Okay. Do you, <laughs> I don't. Do you, do you need? I don't know what that is. Do How can I help? You? Do you need yeah. money? What's what's? Are you okay? <laughs> I can talk to you about the the hunting up there. I don't. I don't. <laughs> and in a, if I were in a different mood, I would tell you to call him up right now when we talk about the hunting north of Duluth. <laughs> That's the other title of this podcast: the hunting north hunting of north. Duluth. Um, so and two harbors. Is, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I got uh, a lot of hunting land up there in two harbors. Everybody. What's the college he went to? That uh, Lorenzo went to. University of Minnesota Duluth. There's also a University of Minnesota Twin Cities mm -hmm. and a University of Minnesota Rochester. Okay. Okay. Have you I ever... think they're all the same affiliation. Sure. Just different locations. I Right. I it's funny. I'm glad I didn't know he went to Duluth cuz you know, I might have looked at Duluth but I'm like I don't want to go to college in Duluth. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's fine. I mean, you don't want to go to the, the the Lorenzo Music College. That's okay. Did anybody else famous go there? We don't know. We don't have that answer for you. Um, but uh, <laughs> hi, guys. Welcome to the Minnesota cast. Uh, I am Jason, and this is Alan. Uh, well, I will have that. Like, uh, uh, supposedly, again, the article I read, uh, he was the only one who worked on Mary Tyler Moore who was actually from Minnesota, and it took place in oh Minnesota. My God, so they course. kept asking him questions because he was the Minnesota expert. That's so friggin' funny. Even though he's not from He's not from Minneapolis. He's specifically from Duluth. Well, it's All right. Like, they, they apparently, like, uh, again, what I read was, like, one of the questions was they're like, how long does it take when you come in from out of the snow? How long does it stay on your your, your clothes before it melts? <laughs> oh it's like, why, why do you need to ask that? Like, Everybody that's... else was that New York? <laughs> they were that, like, L.A. Or, or somewhere? Oh, my God. Well, New York, you should know, shouldn't you? You should know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said New York. Yeah, this, uh, I was thinking New York because that's where he was born. But, yeah, it's so weird to me that they have to ask questions like that. Um, I don't uh, – Wow. Yeah. I, ha I have, I will, I will say, I've oh. also put out feelers to somebody who directed a bunch of uh, Newhart and Mary Tyler Moore episodes, too. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that. Um, it's always possible. You never know. I would like I, to have been in those rooms and hear them asking these very silly Minnesota questions. Well, she, uh, uh, she unfortunately passed away a few years mm -hmm. ago, but uh, uh, Georgia Engel, mm -hmm. who's on Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, yeah. 
I uh, I had a conversation, like brief conversation with her, but she was saying, it's funny, uh, I worked on Mary Tyler Moore and Coach, which both took place in Minnesota. I was, I never had been to Minnesota until after both of those shows wrapped. Where is she from? Because she sounded, I'm not mistaken, right? She's the one She has the voice, very, right? she has the essence of a Minnesota. Uh... Because, I mean, question. she could be from Michigan because sometimes there are elements of Michigan that kind of uh, uh, meld over. She was born in Washington, D.C. What she... in the hell? <laughs> what? She seems like the most Midwest. Like, the last thing I saw her on was, I think, The Office, right? Because she played uh, that lady that um, Kimmy Schmidt goes down and lives with uh, very briefly. Yeah. Um, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. She never. That's very weird to me. Okay. Um Okay, so I, I love that he, he becomes the point of contact for all things Minnesota. Um, well, it's funny. Even even Mary Tyler Moore, I would when I look at her, I'd be like, yeah, she's totally from Minnesota. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, so there are other, like, mini details that we could get into that I think are better to ask the family about. Yes. Um, uh, but there's one other thing I want to at least briefly touch on. And did you watch the Carlton, your doorman pilot from 1980? I caught about five minutes and then okay. I kind of lost signal when I was watching, but yes. Okay, I watched the whole thing. It's insane. It is insane. First of all, it's very weird that, that the whole gag about Carlton is you cannot see him. That's the joke. And this is a cartoon that says, now nah, let's take a look at him. And he looks like George Carlin's hippy dippy weatherman. It's kind of what he looks like. Uh, it is the most it's 70s animation you've ever seen. Holy crap. Just uh, a, a little bit, a little bit stiff, but very colorful. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, it, it is always interesting. You know, some, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I've always like baffled. Like when you have a side character like that, who's really funny, who pops in just you know, something like Carlton, just over the radio or mm-hmm. just over the announcer speaker, uh, and then you try to give them your full show. Like you have to start almost from the ground up to figure like figure out like what is this guy's background? Where does he? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's and it because it's a cartoon, they can the weird. OK, the other weird thing is <clears throat> because it's a cartoon, you could do anything. He's a, just a doorman who does some shit in the city. That's all. It could have been a live action show starring what I think is a very handsome looking Lorenzo music. He was a good looking dude. He could easily still play the character. What? I don't know why it's a cartoon. These are things we're going to have to ask, ask Henrietta about, but it's it's a very crazy idea. It makes no sense to me. I'm not sure why it happened. Well, uh, and it's King weird. Of the, King of the Hill, uh, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, Boz Burgers, same kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. these technically would not need to be cartoons. Sure, no, that's <laughs> fair. You know, that is a fair point. Uh, also, it'd be harder to do the bit where he kills a dog. Uh, the dog has a heart attack, and and he has to try try and replace the dog, but replaces oh. it with a painted cat or something. It's insane. It, this and whole dust birth Garfield. Uh huh. Yeah, Listen. basically, he he's, a, he he's an orange dog who is actually underneath a cat, a gray cat who's I guess normal. Then uh, it's a very it's a, it's Poor weird. Normal. It is nothing. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. It's weird. It is just weird. You can't see, you know what, I, and I'm betting the reason it didn't get picked up, you can't see where it's going to go from there. It's so, the character is so laid back. It's written as, it looks and sounds as laid back as Lorenzo music sounds. It is a whole show that is just, it's just at that pace. And it's only like a half an hour, but 
it just feels like the slowest thing on the planet. And even when the characters come in who talk faster, and are, are, they're, they're even kind of talking at the same pace, but they have these different kind of voices because they're like, how much can we stretch out all the photocopying of these frames that we have to do to, to you know, it is. Thanks, Grandpa like, Joe. That's basically what it is. There's one character who kind of so- sounds like that, but that is my Grandpa Joe. You're right. That's a very good point. No, it's really good. Though. Oh, boy. Yeah, so it's a weird, slow TV pilot that is a cartoon that is about a character who's never meant to be seen. It'd be like for our younger this oh this isn't even for our younger viewers. This is for our 30-year-olds now. It'd be like if Wilson on Home Improvement had his own spin-off show. <laughs> that's totally accurate. That, but uh, yeah, I think even that's a dated reference now. Yeah. Uh, Cuz I mean there's there by the way there are so many options. Right now I'm thinking the Wilson Home Improvement spin-off would be he's basically the Unabomber. <laughs> That's my first thought. I hate that that's where my my brain goes, but that's my first thought. It's not a cartoon though, at least not in my mind. You know what? If it's if there's a Wilson cartoon, that's also fine. I guess. I think what else? What other shows now where you can't see one character? Uh, I know it's not it's not a common trope, and obviously, I think I think Wilson being that is at least roughly uh, a reference to Carlton the doorman not being seen ever and only being heard. Um, Let's do a Magnum PI spinoff about Master Robbins. I mean, that's oh, mm-hmm. okay. It's been a while since I've watched. Magnum that's even PI. more dated than Home Improvement. I don't that know what's is wrong. Much with me. more dated. Yeah, <laughs> it is considerably more dated. Uh, okay, this is a weird show, guys. So what this is going to be is I, I've dedicated. This is a one-off, so it's going to be a very long one-off. But what it means is after the break that we're about to do, um, you, you're going to hear what I assume is a week from now us talking with the musics um Woo-hoo. alan alan uh well i i guess we should leave the promotions for the we'll next leave episode it, for later. it would be very weird to do it in the middle of the episode uh this episode brought to you by squarespace that's not true we don't have sponsors what if we got a sponsor for a single one-off episode uh of our show i mean i could i have one thing that's been sponsoring another show and it's been very patient and i could pretend like it was sponsored by that but um Go i'm on. not gonna i'm not gonna do that uh, Chipolo, everybody, Chipolo. Chipolo is a thing where where you can help find your you can find your keys, you can find your wallet again. All you gotta do is click this little fellow, and what happens? It helps you find your phone. But you do the reverse, and it helps you find your wallet. There you go, Chipolo. The good people at Chipolo. Uh, it's Papers, a- ladies and gentlemen, paper made from trees. <laughs> sometimes oak, sometimes Douglas fir. You don't know what you're gonna get, but it Never all else. comes out the same. Mm-hmm. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the I won't say second, I will say other part of this only episode of Lorenzo and Frenzo with your hosts, me, Jason Klom, and my good and friend. me, Alan Rickard. In case you somehow missed the opening to this, uh, this is not going to be a single episode uh, because we don't want to do that to you. So our next episode will be our follow-up with Sam Music and Henrietta Music on Lorenzo and Frenzo, episode two. Stolen Dress Sidecasts. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!